Welcome back to the A-Suite Podcast. We are UCLA Anderson MBA students bringing you the best insights on industry deep dives, the MBA experience in general, and so much more. Honestly, one of the biggest reasons why I chose UCLA Anderson was because of its emphasis on entrepreneurship. One of the capstone options available to students is to actually attempt to start a company and launch it. Today, we have members from a team that launched their company, Sahara, through this program. Sahara seeks to empower users to develop and scale hardware products quickly and cost efficiently. Since its inception, the team has raised over $150,000 from venture competitions, and this is just the beginning. Let's get right into it. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the A-Suite podcast. This week, we have a crazy awesome guest. Well, guests, actually. Uh, we have uh, two members of the team for Sahara, which is a Anderson startup from the BCO uh, program. They've already secured over $150,000 in funding from venture competitions and have been absolutely slaying the entrepreneurial game. So it's real, real honor for us to uh, interview them here today. And so love to introduce you all to Jama and Annie. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing pretty well. Hello, thanks hello. for having us on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for the nice intro. I guess let's just start off with like, who are you guys? Like, who are you and how do you relate to Sahara? Yeah, sure. I'll start off. Uh, I'm Jama. I'm a second year full-time student at Anderson and I'm the CEO of Sahara. And then um, I'm Annie Liu. I'm also a second year full-time MBA student at Sahara. Um, I am leading the sales and marketing side of things. And I guess if we want to go a little bit into our background. Um, mm -hmm. So I, uh, before MBA, I had um, a sales experience at a B2B embedded system solutions company. And that's how kind of I got in, involved in Sahara because Jama pitched the idea to me, which um, to me was really interesting because I had, I worked in, in the same space and I thought, um, it's, it's a really innovative idea and, um, I, I've always been interested in entrepreneurship. So, um, decided to, to join the team and, um, stayed on and it's, it's been a really exciting and interesting journey. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Jama. So I guess, uh, leading from that, could you give us like a 30 second pitch for Sahara? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure, sure. I should be practiced by this point, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we're Sahara Cloud, and Sahara is a platform that lets you build and prototype embedded systems, so anything with that green PCB circuit board and electronics on it. We let you prototype that on the cloud just through a web browser. So instead of going to an engineering lab and having all this equipment and shipping things around, all you have to do is have a computer with an internet connection, log into the platform, and you can build complex devices like smartwatches and drones and so on and so forth. Wow. Yeah, that that's super exciting. I remember uh, back in undergrad, I did some work with like breadboards and PCBs and all that, and it was just super complicated. And it's like hard to have all the materials. So the fact that you're just moving it to the cloud is uh, really exciting. I, I never even thought of it. And uh I guess clearly that's why you guys are doing so well. Um, but uh, what's what's the process uh, been like since you initially had the idea to, I guess, uh, 
Right now, a lot of entrepreneurs uh, in our class are looking to build teams. So I'd love to hear your process on how you were looking at building a team and how, uh, Annie, you kind of mentioned it, uh, how you ended up joining the team and uh, where you uh, both fit into that uh, team building process. Yeah, sure. And it's definitely been a pretty long journey. I would say that the sort of start of it or the ideation actually happened back in 2019 before I even came to the MBA program. For the past maybe five or six years, I'd been doing, I basically started an engineering services consulting firm. So I'd been doing a lot of engineering for my clients and mostly physical things, so building physical products that be sold, and saw a lot of issues in the space around what I mentioned earlier. You know, remote teams, having to have labs, having to ship hardware around, collaboration was difficult. Um, it's a really different world than just pure software. So mm-hmm. I saw those problems, and then, you know, fast forward to 2019, I was going to start my the MBA at UCLA Anderson here, and I thought, you know, it's a really good opportunity during the next two years to sort of start a business, you know, kind of recruit talent from my peers during that time and try to make something in a little more like less risk or lower risk environment. So I started that and I would say that 2019 towards the end, so from when the MBA started, so I guess summer, ter- you know, summer term and fall term, was when we sort of recruited a lot of the core team. So, you know, our other co-founders, Annie or Andy and Josh, you know, we recruited them during that time frame and Annie came on as well. And I guess the reason, so aside from, you know, needing more people on the team to build the product, I'd say the thing that really sort of caused that to accelerate and the recruiting to really crystallize was a competition we did back then. And a lot of you will know it, it's APIC, the Anderson Product Innovation Challenge. And that was really the moment where we sort of all came together as a team, did all of our pitch deck and materials, sort of had our presentation, everything prepared. And I'm not sure if you remember any, but like that was that was a really interesting and wild time. Yeah, I, I remember it was still in person, so we had to dress up for the presentation and it was like live Q&A. So it was definitely a really exciting experience. I think we all bonded over over that. Um, And um, we did a lot more um, pitch competitions afterwards, but because of COVID, they all became virtual. So the experience definitely different. Um, But yeah, that's like the first kind of team bonding moment. Um, And I think that yeah, and then we we decided to um, stay on as a as a BCO team um, and uh, continue working on the on the startup for the rest of yeah, yeah. the MBA, pretty much. I I absolutely love that. That's awesome. And yeah, we uh, we had a uh, I think a record number of teams uh, try out for APIC this year too. So I know it's something that everyone really enjoys. It's a great competition. I guess when it came down to uh, building that team. Uh, what were some things that you were looking for? Were you looking more for like skill sets that kind of, uh, uh, I guess, accented yours? Or were you looking for just like people to uh, be excited about your idea? would love to hear more about that uh, team formation process. Yeah, yeah. The team, I would say that I was actually somewhat deliberate in terms of the team formation process. I mean, 
you know, we definitely wanted to reach out to people and have people excited about the idea, right? I mean, I was basically, you know, I, I guess second years might remember this, but I was in the Anderson Courtyard, like, every morning at, like, 7 a.m. <laughs> and, like, people that would, like, come by, I was, like, chat with them and, like, like pitch my startup and, like, talk about that <laughs> from, like, day one. <laughs> so I was definitely trying to get people, like, into the idea, like understanding how to pitch it, like sort of ideating. But when it came to actually forming the team and bringing people on, I wanted to be really pointed in terms of what kind of skill sets the team members had. Mm. And it kind of reflects based, it kind of reflects and you can see it on like what sort of skills we have on the team right now. It's almost mm. like we have like one of each in a way. Right, you know, Andy is in product management. Josh mm-hmm. is in CS. Annie's in sales and marketing. We have Raghav in finance and Elaine in law. So there's very little overlap in the actual functional areas, and that was definitely by design. It's funny that Jama mentioned that he was like in the courtyard at seven a.m. in the morning. <laughs> I remember that was like my first impression of him, and I was like, "Wow, that, <laughs> I can't do this. I don't know how you are like a morning person." I'm also like curious to hear more so um, once the team finally formed, uh, clearly it's a startup, right? So you're building from the ground up, not really sure what to expect, what to do. So uh, Jama, you have more of like that, the founder experience, whereas Annie, you're on the sales marketing, like you said, would love to hear kind of like the, uh, I guess, largest hurdles that each of you have faced in your own, uh, uh, I guess, specific like route or a role on that team. Yeah, definitely a lot of um, challenges we had to deal with, um, especially given, you know, the COVID environment. I think Mm. for me personally, um, a lot of it um, was kind of balancing the different priorities I had in terms of what I wanted to get out of my MBA. Um, I think definitely the summer was the hardest for me because I was balancing um, interning, you know, having a full-time internship and mm. also um, working on Sahara. Like I was managing an intern um, to help us on, help us out on the sales and marketing front. And mm. I just remember interning virtually was really hard and, you know, having to network virtually, not meeting mm. um, anyone in the company and having that stress of, mm. you know, trying to make sure that you perform well um, was was really stressful, and then on top of that, making sure that you know we're still progressing on on the Sahara front um, mm. was also like added onto the stress, and mm. and I think like towards the end of the summer, I like had like a complete meltdown because because it was like so stressful oh, no. um, dealing with I think you know like the whole COVID situation in a remote environment and just having mm. that amount of pressure. Um, was something that I that I had to deal with. But I think I learned a lot from that experience. Like I can say, you know, I was able to learn so much from my internship experience, which was what I wanted um, from my, you know, like my one of my MBA goals um, is to pivot to um, product marketing in, in, in big tech. And mm. I was also able to um, learn how to manage an intern, um, mm. you know, while being an intern. Which is yeah, kind of I think funny. that's like the funniest part, like <laughs> yeah. managing an intern while being an intern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I'm like on both sides um, and mm. tackling both the struggles of both. Um, so that was definitely a learning, a, a great learning opportunity. And I think as a team, we also had to learn how to work remotely together, especially mm. for our VCO project. I think 
Um, it's really hard when you don't see your teammates, um, especially when you're trying to work on um, such a big project. And, you know, if you think about a traditional startup environment, it's a lot of like brainstorming, using a whiteboard, talking to each other, mm. um, you know, constantly and thinking about how to solve problems. And we, we didn't have that. We kind of had to just work alone um, and still produce really high quality work and still solve these problems. And I think given the situation, we were able to, you know, do, we, we did the best that we could, but right. I think that was definitely a big challenge we had to overcome. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, kind of like on what Annie said in terms of kind of working alone or working with other people, you know, we went through a lot of different changes in our working style as a team over the past year or two, mm. right? You know, we had periods of time where we would do one big meeting a week. We had periods of time where we would do one-on-ones between every single person every week or every other week. You know, these days we're doing like 15-minute stand-ups like maybe three times a week. So mm. the meeting styles definitely changed drastically as we sort of learned how we sort of interacted with each other and the best way to work with each other. So, you know, definitely, <laughs> I agree, difficult, but yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that uh, your, your entire team just seems like uh, you function on flexibility and adaptability, which is just uh, a phenomenal, I guess, core skill set to have as a, as a group. I'm curious to hear more about how you're able to traverse uh, this new environment in regards to these venture competitions that have done uh, so well for you all. Um, so I'm curious to hear like how, as a team, you're able to kind of succeed in these ventures and um, how that experience kind of went down in regards to actually competing against other, you know, I'm assuming great ideas uh, across the nation. Yeah, yeah. I would say that, you know, it's interesting because, and maybe like, it's my fault because of this, but like a lot of the time when you see sort of us winning a competition or success in something, mm. like you see the success story, but you mm. don't see all the other competitions we didn't win, right? You know, we're mm. not going to post and say, hey, we like <laughs> entered these 20 competitions and didn't get any of them, right? So <laughs> I would say that, you know, even winning our first competition, which was the LMI Sandler competition last year, um, in, I believe April time, we had entered and didn't win like at least like five other competitions by that point, including mm -hmm. APIC. I mean, we mm -hmm. didn't even get, you know, like past, I mean, we didn't like uh, get past the final round for APIC, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that winning is just the culmination of continuously trying. Mm -hmm. And even when you like fail or there's an issue, taking it more as a learning changing your materials, how you talk, your pitch, mm. everything a little bit, gathering more data, and then just trying again. And mm. just keep doing that, you know, until you, you know, eventually succeed. Yeah. And I think if we look at the pitch decks we had from a year ago to what we have now, <laughs> it's such a big difference. I, mm. yeah, like the, the first iteration of our pitch deck like the color scheme was just not, <laughs> not Annie pretty. Annie would message me all the time. Be like, what's wrong with this logo? What's wrong with these colors? <laughs> like we need to hire a designer. We need to mm. change a lot of this stuff. Um, and we slowly did that. Like 
we you know we were able to slowly iterate and um, improve our presentation decks our website um, we finally were able to um, it was another thing that I was I kept on telling drama is that we need to change yeah. our domain <laughs> website domain because um, we it's couldn't a, it's get like Hera the, cloud right yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it used <laughs> to be it, it used to be Hara cloud because we couldn't get Sahara um, oh, okay. cloud.com as our domain. And then we finally was able to get like saharacloud.io, which is such a small thing, right? Mm. But I think it's like Joe's incremental improvements that ultimately helps help you succeed because then, you know, you, you look more professional or you sound more, mm. um, you, you sound like what, you know what you're doing and you, um, yeah, you just kind of like iterate and do these small improvements and, um, it's definitely, you know, on our team, like we, our team were super motivated and just kept grinding, even mm. though, um, it's, it's been really hard. And I think every one of us, um, were able to contribute to, to the growth and success of, of the team. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I also find it so funny how like something as simple as a domain name is so crucial to like the growth and success of like an idea. So I'm really glad that you guys are able to finally get the domain that you wanted. Um, kind of going along those similar lines, uh, talking about the things that people don't really talk about, the the behind the scenes of an entrepreneurial journey. What are some things that uh, you've noticed throughout your experience that uh, people don't really talk too much about and wish that people talked a little bit more about so that you could, I guess, prepare or expect it more so than uh, getting slapped in the face with it uh, <laughs> right in real time? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, you know, I would say the first thing that like my mind goes to just has to do with like, like mental health. And like, mm. I know that, you know, it's kind of weird. I, I guess it depends on like the space you're in, but, and people are talking a lot more about it, like over the past year or two, but like your mental health, whether, you know, me personally as sort of like the CEO or even as like team members, like Annie mentioned about what happened last summer, it's really important because the level of sort of stress and kind of things you have to deal with is mm. really high and a really high frequency too, Right. Like on a given day, you like my mood, I remember last week this happened where every hour something good or bad happened. So I would be like really happy one hour, really sad the next hour and just oh, flip gosh. flop for like the entire day. And hmm. you do that seven days a week, you know, however many months and that's not healthy. Right. Hmm. So what ends up happening is like, you know, you can't really mitigate that too much right i mean if things that are, you can't control everything but right. what you can control is yourself and whether you're exercising you know who you're talking to whether you're taking breaks how you're eating and that sort of stuff so i found over the past year or two just trying to form much better habits around that and i think you know that's something very crucial from like day one. And obviously the pandemic has like made it even worse, right? Because now it's yeah. like <laughs> pandemic mental health on top of like startup mental health. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, t I totally agree with drama on that front. I think we as a team, um, you know, we, we try to, I think we can definitely do more, but, but we, we try to kind of implement 
processes or have conversations, transparent conversations about how we're feeling um, or like how we're doing um, in terms of, you know, just understanding where where we are um, in terms of our mental state. I think we recently implemented um, like the, what is it called? Like Kona, yeah, which is- the Kona, Kona. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely love that you guys are uh, kind of shedding light on mental health. I think that's obviously been something that's very difficult for a lot of people, especially since COVID, like you mentioned. And for me, it's like meditation. For some people, it's reading. Some people, it's uh, go taking a walk or something like that. So I love that as a team, you're collectively able to find some sort of method to um, you know keep track and uh, be attentive to each other uh, for your mental health. So hopefully everyone that's listening can go out there and make sure that you're taking care of yourself first, because uh, without yourself, I'm assuming everything else crumbles. <laughs> Um, yeah. But uh, going going off of that again, uh, was there at any point where um, you thought that uh, Sahara might not might not make it? Yeah, sure. I think maybe my answer is like a bit of like a cheat because I've sort of I've experienced that a lot in sort of my previous startups and kind of the things mm -hmm. I've done where I've had moments that felt like that. And this time around, sort of like taking the learnings from that. I sort of try to structure it in a way where there wouldn't be a sort of like, I wouldn't be blindsided by something, right? Mm -hmm. So my thought process when I was starting it at the beginning of the MBA was there are these sort of milestones and things we have to hit and this level of progress we have to hit every quarter, every term or every year. And I would basically measure how well we're doing based on those milestones and I think one of the biggest milestones, and I think Annie and some other people remember, was that when I actually came to Anderson, I wasn't fully down the entrepreneur route. I was actually recruiting for venture capital as well as doing the startup on the side. So I was doing VC internships and working at companies and that kind of stuff. And I wasn't sure if I was going to go down the VC route fully like professionally or if I was going to go full-time in the Sahara so what I did is I sort of set these milestones and said, okay, we have to have this certain product out by this time. We need to have a certain amount of like product market fit by like spring in this time. We need to raise mm -hmm. around at this time. And that all kind of culminated to sort of this milestone of I can pay myself after graduation. <laughs> so, you know, at some point along that journey, maybe towards the end of last year, I sort of made that flip saying, you know, I have enough conviction and I think I can go down this route and I don't have to recruit for other things. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm kind of similar um, to drama as well. I think when you are in a startup, there's so many uncertainties that you just, you can't really plan for everything and you just kind of mm. have to, like drama said, have, have some milestones and react accordingly. Um, mm -hmm. for me, you know, I came into MBA thinking that, um, my goal is to, um, to pivot into product marketing at, at Big Tech and I did my internship and I knew entrepreneurship is something that I have always been interested in. And that's why I, I joined Sahara, but I wasn't sure, mm -hmm. you know, like post-graduation what my goals would be. And I think as, as we kind of hit more milestones and as we work um, more on the project and seeing more validation from, from, you know, potential customers, as well as just winning these, um, pitch competitions and seeing how some of the judges, you know, expressed, um, excitement or interest in mm. our mission and, and what we do. I think all of those things kind of built 
towards our confidence and mm-hmm. my confidence of wanting to take a risk. Um, I think something that I definitely had to work on was to 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 like embrace the the risk taking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of a lot of what I had to deal with was like kind of like imposter syndrome or like this like <laughs> lack of confidence in myself of taking a risk as big as like pursuing ent- an entrepreneur uh, opportunity because right. you know you kind of know what the traditional route looks like a traditional post MBA route looks like and deviating from that is a is a big risk for me and it you know I wasn't confident if I if I could do it I don't think I'm still not confident um, but I think I kind of had to reflect um, you know about some of the things that I want to get out of my career um, what motivates me what energizes me and um, and make a decision based on that and then you know I could change my mind I could you know we, we might have to pivot we might have to do different things but I think just knowing that we'll be okay even with all the uncertainties what are some assets and resources both in and outside of Anderson that have been absolutely crucial for you guys for your success and for um, just uh, getting through day to day as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I guess I will give almost like a cop out answer, but I also really believe it, <laughs> which is my friends and peers, mm. because oh, I love that ev- so much. everyone. Everyone says, you know, obviously like entrepreneurship is a very lonely journey, you know, mm. 99% of all your worries in your world is like in your head and you're not really grounded in reality anymore. You're basically living in the future, right? There's no past or present for you. But the flip side of that is while that can be true if you know, you're by yourself, it's not true if you have people around you to ground you in reality, to kind of help you along. You know, the way I see it is that all of kind of my friends and peers at Anderson are almost like an extension of Sahara in a way, right? Like everyone mm-hmm. is part of it. Everyone contributed to it. Without Anderson and, Sahara, Anderson and kind of the people there, you know, if I had just started this in 2019 and like didn't have anyone, I we would definitely not have, you know, wouldn't have existed at this point, right? There would have been <laughs> way you know too yeah. many like other things. So that's definitely how I feel. And you know, I saw an instance of that even like a day or two ago, right? So I usually send a monthly newsletter to sort of, you know, really close friends and investors. And Mm. this past week when I sent it out, almost like a quarter of the people replied back saying, oh, I can help you with this, or I can help you with this, or I can connect you to this person or so on and so forth. And like just through that, now I have like five, 10, 20 more conversations with either investors or strategic you know, partners or things that we're trying to hit in the future. And it's just like kind of instances like that that reminds me that, again, it's not just me and it's not just our like immediate team. It's really everyone that like cares. Yeah, I definitely agree about kind of like the the importance of the Anderson community. And I think on another note, um, you know, in another angle for someone like me, who is interested in entrepreneurship, but maybe not necessarily have, um, you know, startup experience prior to business school. Um, Anderson is really helpful because um, I was able to have kind of learn all about um, what I need to know in terms of starting a company. I think being in 
the activity of like starting a company taught me a lot, but as at the same time, um, you know, the classes that I've taken or the professors that I've talked talk to, or even, um, you know, the entrepreneurship association have a lot of, um, events that just helps inform me in terms of what I need to know. And I learned all about cap tables and, um, for just like different things. I, yeah, I did not have experience in, in any of, you know, like fundraising and finance and, and things like that. So being in the, the ecosystem and being in at Anderson really helped just, um, educate me in terms of learning about the startup world and entrepreneurship. And I think that's super valuable. What's next for Sahara? Um, is there another competition? Are you guys, I would love to hear uh, what you're looking forward to. Yeah, we're looking forward to a few things. So on kind of like our immediate timeline, the last competition that we're officially applying to or in is actually the NAP Venture Competition held at Anderson. Okay. So mm -hmm. that's the last one we're doing. Um, fingers crossed. We'll see how that goes. We'll try really hard. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're doing that one. And the reason we're, that's the last competition we're doing is because right now we're going to be much more focused on fundraising. We're actually raising a pre-seed round. So collect, we've been doing that for the past four or five weeks, have a little bit of it filled and trying to close in the next month or so. So that's sort of where all our focus is. And yeah, past that, past graduation, uh, I'm going to be on it full time and we want to sort of carry it forward and build something really great. Awesome. Yeah, it sounds like there's a, there's a lot on your plate and a lot of fun, exciting things in the future. Uh, one last note, is there anything you'd like to say to the people? Where can people find you? Um, if people are interested in just Sahara or either of your stories in general, um, we'd love to let you guys do a little shout out here. Yes. Our website is saharacloud.io. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. <laughs> and um, follow us on LinkedIn, um, Sahara Cloud. Um, we also have social media on Instagram um, and yeah, follow us. Uh, we're always looking for support, trying to hire, trying to find a mm. software developer, CTO. Um, yeah, always looking for support if any, you know, any, anyone that hears this believes in our mission of democratizing the hardware industry, please reach out to us. <laughs> Love to hear from you. Yeah, and echoing, you know, just echoing what Annie said, we're, you know, looking for anyone who's interested in our mission and our values, anyone who either, you know, you could either have skills, whether it's software or hardware, um, you may have connections to investors or kind of companies that might be relevant, or even if you're interested sort of in kind of contributing investment yourself, just, you know, contact me. I'm Jama at saharaclada.io. <laughs> so happy to just have a chat. All right. Well, Jama, Annie, thank you both so much for being here. I really appreciated this entire conversation. I think it's really going to resonate with a lot with uh, our listeners and aspiring entrepreneurs. And hopefully one day uh, all of the listeners will see the success that Sahara has. Um, but uh, any last notes before we head out? No, I think thank you so no, much I, for yeah, just uh, thank you. Yeah, for uh, having this conversation. It's it's great to be able to tell a story. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Really appreciate it. And there you have it. Talking with Annie and Jama today was incredibly motivating. 
They both truly embody the entrepreneurial spirit and we wish them the absolute best. Now, after reflecting a little bit, their story to me is a story of resilience, determination, and continuous growth. From their very first pitch deck and presentation to securing over $150,000 in funds, there were countless hours of reflection and adjustment. Learn from your failures, optimize your processes, take care of your mental health, and believe in what you are doing. Now, if you enjoyed this episode or if something resonated with you, tell us about it. Send us an email at theasuitepodcast at gmail.com or better yet, leave us a review on your favorite podcast app and tell your friends about The A-Suite. Shout out to our executive audio director, Alyssa, and our executive producer, Jody. I'm your host, John Lee. Thank you all so much for listening today, and we'll see you next time on The A-Suite Podcast. Signing off. Thank you.